0: Hey everybody, welcome along. Great to have you with me this week. I'm Aaron Noonan. This is the V8 Sleuth Podcast Polish by Bowden's own premium car care available at Repco in Australia and New Zealand, as well as a range of other auto stores. Now, this pod, ladies and gentlemen, is part two of my sit-down chat with Scott Sinclair. And in the first part, we talked about what he's doing now that he's out of motorsport, but also his early years in the sport and his time at Dick Johnson Racing, as well as part of the story on the team's 2010 V8 Supercars Championship win. But on this episode, we delve even deeper into 2010 and that championship win with James Courtney and the Jim Beam Falcon sealed famously at the Sydney 500 at Sydney Olympic Park. From there, we cover off his move with James to the Holden Racing Team and Walkinshaw Racing and how he was in less than optimal form going into his job interview with Walkinshaw Racing after that big 2010 title winning celebration and how his time panned out at WR and also then at Nissan Motorsport and Kelly Racing. He's a really experienced guy in the sport who by now being out of it can give some pretty open and honest assessment of both his time in it and of how he went about the mission over those previous years. It was really enjoyable to shoot the breeze with him. So enjoy this one. It's part two of Scott Sinclair on the V8 Sleuth podcast polished by Bowden's own premium car care. So how does that place get through and just get to Sydney, let alone all the weirdness and amazing stuff that unfolds, which we're going to go in depth on because it's, it's an amazing topic. How on earth from Thursday at Sandown to, hey, everyone, go and look for a job, <laughs> get a win at Sunday, bit of wind in the sails, points lead, yet any other place, I reckon, we've just about fractured apart because it's every man for themselves by that stage, but it. It didn't seem to be that way. There was enough glue sticking people together that enough of it held for
1: long enough. Yeah, yeah. Look, and that and that comes back to the, the beginning. Two thousand and eight really was where Adrian pulled all the pieces together, and you know the the um, everyone knew their job. Um, you know, everyone was aligned. Everyone got on really well because we were all doing our jobs, um, and. Yeah, I mean, so the two things really are that there was strong leadership um, and uh, full, full credit for Adrian with that. And uh, the other thing was that the, the basis was, was there and had been there for, you know, a number of, of years and everyone was committed to the cause and seeing it through. And no better example of the commitment to the cause than that
0: Saturday at Sydney Olympic Park when the rain comes from nowhere and we go seriously within half a lap from a restart and cars firing off down the road in the dry to, what, three corners later they're firing off into the fence and it's a deluge. Yeah. What's your memory of, I guess I probably fast-tracked it to the bit that everyone kind of remembers and the he's in the fence, they're both in the fence, they're all in the mm. fence, which is the famous commentary line of Matty White and Scafi. But... Uh, Ta- take me into it. Take me into that weekend. That, yeah. uh, I'm sort of rewinding to a time where we're we're in that big um, pavilion area with the paddock. It's it was a look. It wasn't probably the best spectator venue, but it was a pretty cool venue mm. to be at. But take me into that weekend where you're at in it all, what you're thinking, and then when that moment unfolds. I mean, it's one of the most special things I've seen in supercar racing. What unfolds yeah. after that?
1: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we, we. I don't remember practice or qualifying. Um, I think Saturday qualifying we called third or right fifth or sixth or something. Um, but um, there's a few things that stick out. Um, we 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 had a gap to the point where we just didn't need to be stupid. So we just needed to get it done. And in some respects, that that hurt us. It certainly hurt us on the Sunday where we sort of limped around because we weren't really trying mm. not we want to say that i mean we yeah, were trying yeah. to win as yeah, well as, as yeah. I say. um but yeah the, the i, I yeah you know, i don't recall the lead up to the race so much i remember the, before the race adrian going crazy like um you've got to get every single spare from the truck down to the pits that that's something that's, that stuck out because, the, because race. the trucks were in the pavilion yeah. behind the pits
0: they weren't like yep. most tracks backed up right at the back of your garage. It was a bit of an effort to go and get it and yep. run back through.
1: Yeah, so we, we – so he saw the riding on the wall. He, was, like, he, he yeah.
0: was basically kidding up for battle, yeah, like exactly get everything right. we got, get yep. it here. And I,
1: and I, and I remember – the guys were just going back and forth, bringing all this stuff up. And like but we you normally we wouldn't nah, have. No, nah. nah. yeah. well, I mean, like normally the truck's a bit closer, right, but like this was like get it out, build it, get it ready so it can literally just go into the car. Has it got bolts in it? Has it got ferrules in it? Get it ready. So everything he 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 was all over what could happen and as it played out, what did happen. Um so yeah, we had the whole basically truck out the back of the garage before the race. Um so I remember that vividly. And then in the race we we um there's a couple of things. So one was well we used to always say, um, oh, I can't can't remember which way it was, but we used to or instead of saying pit this lap, we'd say, um box i think or no no so yeah we used to say box when i said box it meant pit if i ever said pit this lap it meant don't pit right it's the code yeah yeah that was like to the try code to suck the others do. in yeah so they were, they're all listening yeah you all listening on, listening on the radio to so if i'm saying pit this lap james is going just keeps going right mm. um if i say box get in and like we thought we were clever um there's no doubt Everyone probably knew the code anyway. But this is they've done. heard it yeah, seen it enough times yeah. so to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you probably you do it one race. But if you like, change the system. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And this then. is the point of the story following up. Is um, something happened in the race and early on before the, the shit show started. Um, and I've gone pit this lap, like or pit, and run out to the wall, the crew's gone out. And he's come round the corner and he's come past me and I've got my hands on my head. I've seen him come past. So he hasn't pitted, right? Because that's the 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 thing. I've said the wrong thing. He hasn't pitted, and I've got I've gone like, you can't see this, but I've got my hands on my head going, Oh my God, like we've we've just cooked this. He drives past and he goes on the radio, he goes, Was I meant to pit just then? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like Yep, but Boxes all good, buddy. Yeah, all, uh, all good. Let's keep pushing on because I think it was a safety car, um, so we couldn't we couldn't do it. The next lap it wasn't as easy as just come the next lap. Um, anyway, so I think it was us and another car or something didn't pit. I've come back into the into the under the into the garage things and um, sat down. I'm like, oh, championship's done. Like I'm like doom and gloom. Anyway, um, Blake comes around. We touched on before. He was the data engineer, Blake Smith. He comes around, he basically like punches me and goes, fucking snap out of it, mate, like we're still in this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And from your data engineer, you don't always get that. Um, you know. Usually
0: you're setting the tone and yeah, he's following
1: yeah. the tone. Yeah, He snapped me right out of it and I was like, oh, okay, wow. And, I, uh, you know, eternally grateful for that. Then what happened, and the, this is the thing that people forget in this race, is that there's... It's around like lap like 45 or 40, 40 or 45. Oh, it's, I think 78 lap Yeah, race, so it, before yeah. the rain had come, it was drizzling for a bit. And Winkup and, and James were like battling it out, miles ahead of everyone and just going full power and pulling like two or three seconds a lap on everyone. They were fastest cars by a long shot. James was holding him off and then Winkup got him and then Winkup went off uh, and down the escape road at the around the back there near the stadium. And it was just an unbelievable battle of the two championship contenders. Um, and everyone always forgets it. So if, if you, any of the listeners are at home go and you want to watch the race, it's on YouTube, go back to like a lap. I think it's around lap 42. And then for four or five laps after that, James and Jamie are just going nuts. Like it's just a one-on-one battle. No one else is around. Um, and he gets us and then we he goes off and we get him back. And then, um, you know, and, we all know what happened next but that that part of the race was just intense um and i remember that really well and then yeah look the um the the we were just playing at conservative we i think we were in front of jamie on the restart and and so we stayed out so and he he stayed out i think as everyone well. pretty much well yeah i mean it? but but you know um i think jamie's radio is like so there's something along the lines of we, sh- we should have pitted, or yeah, I've seen that chat, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, look, I it's it's it was just a really difficult call for everyone, um, and obviously the majority of feel got it wrong, um, but yeah, and then uh, all hell broke loose. Mm, mm. Literally, the everyone's crashing in you know, that sweeper,
0: that left hand sweeper where they all just firing in right. Conveniently enough, where the camera point is, that yeah. they're right there to capture <laughs> it all as they just pinball their way in there. What you're so you've gone from earlier in the race thinking, "Oh, we've cooked this with that call," and you're thinking, "Well, we're definitely cooked now." Yeah. But are you thinking, "Well, we're all cooked now, so yeah, not yeah, so bad here. I don't feel so
1: bad about this." Yeah, I, I just I my mentality was we just strike it off. Like it's just another it's almost race. like a, it's just, now there's a, only a one race to draw go, for yeah, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nil nil all draw. Yep. Um, now we're yeah you know, they haven't they haven't um, bridge the gap at all we haven't improved it but yeah it's we've got one race to go now Um, so that was my mentality and then he got it going he got back to the pits Adrian was running around so my job like Adrian could get a bit um, you know uh, what's the word he was a bit excitable I suppose (laughs) at times (laughs) he was running around so I sort of took the role in those chaos situations uh, to sort of being the sort of the the uh, commander yeah 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 yeah. but again, another another thing that sticks with me and it's a bit of a life lesson, really, was I I thought we were done, um, done as so, in the car could not yeah, go back, yeah. Yeah. and I yeah. was just which like... which was a fair call to yeah, make, but I was I was probably the only one in the team who'd made that call. Like when you look at the vision and and I was just like, well, well like it's done, and everyone else is hooking in, and I and I was sort of just sort of trying to control the situation, but at the same time, going, guys, you're wasting your time. Mm. The, and I, And I was like, in hindsight, I was like I was embarrassed by that, um because they were they were just going nuts and fighting and i'd I'd given up um so that's something you know that that I won't forget um and yeah it, it was unbelievable and then when i saw when I got a sniff all of a sudden I was in you know trying to bang the the fuel tank back out and and whatever, but yeah. And then um, got it out. And, and we have Webby's team as well. So the other thing everyone forgets is Webby won his first race that day, which was really cool for the team. Um, and we have Webby's crew as well who were able to help. So there's a few things that sort of worked in our favour then. Um, when they pushed the car back, the crowd just went nuts. It was, it was unbelievable. The gym bay and corporate area was right on top of us. And, um, yeah, it's, it, yeah I, I've never heard a, a mm. crowd at a racetrack. Scream like that. For a car like, being pushed out of the garage. Yeah, exactly. Not a pass yeah, for yeah. the lead
0: or a yeah. you know a Bathurst win. It was yeah. just to roll it out. like Just a busted up car
1: Yeah, being pushed out at the end of a race. Like, yeah, they just went nuts.
0: There's stories of, you know, I think the triple eight side of it is that, well, you blokes didn't have the scrutiny that they did and you had every man and his dog more than you were allowed to be working on it and all that sort of thing. Uh, is that just sour grapes is that is that (laughs) i don't know
1: what what do you think of all that well yeah i mean we there was someone i think it was it was either vincent i think it was vincent or frank there from From supercars yeah yeah. sorry um yeah we had someone from supercars there look i think um the 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 top arms were difficult to change i think you had to pull the exhaust out or when the exhaust was hot you couldn't get the top arm out and the top arm was uh, sorry for the front right sorry um and so the guys were trying to get that out and they couldn't. And anyway, we just decided to push on um, and that was the arm that broke. So when the, on the inlap, the wheel, the top arm broke, so the wheel was only being on by the, held on by the damper and the, um, and the bottom arm. Uh, so, yeah, look, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I personally didn't see the arm. <laughs> Probably but, a good thing. But I think it wasn't in great shape. Um, and and I couldn't tell you if um, someone from Supercars okayed it or not. So well, mm. I, you were a bit yeah. bu- Everyone was a bit busy. There was I was on there. the. I was looking after the the back section. Did you think the thing was going to make it around? Uh, well, because I hadn't seen the arm, I had no dramas, mm. knowing that it was going to cr- go around at whatever the 150% um, lap per lap cutoff mm. was, and we were telling James from memory what that lap time was. Um, but yeah, so once it went back out, I was I wasn't worried. Every lap in under a minute means every second matters. Bosch Power Tools Perth Super Sprint, May 17 to 19. Book now at Tick Attack. Supercars unforgettable.
0: History shows that Triple Eight did get their car out. FPR didn't get Mark Winterbottom going again. He was actually still mathematically in contention, mm. but a a very, you know outside chance. Jamie and James both got to the finish line of the race, but your positioning in the pit bay was actually very helpful because for Jamie to get to his pit bay, he had to cross the line. So basically by the time he pulled up in the pit bay for them to start working on that car, his lap time had commenced for the next lap, which – while it's sitting there for however many minutes is ticking away, by the time he gets going, he goes out, comes around and crosses the line to finish the race. But that last lap time includes all the time he's stuck in the pits for. So his last lap time is X percent more Mm. than it is allowed to be. Therefore, he's a non-finisher, not classified. Whereas for you guys, and I hope I'm getting my memory right on this, that your last lap was okay because... You're, cause it, you were because he went out and around and crossed the yeah, line. We did a full lap or something. Yeah, but you yeah. hadn't gone across the control line of the start line, mm. where you were in the pit base, So he starts his lap, driving down the pit lane, and then goes out. Yep. Whereas the stop time's not part of that last lap time, so that gets you. I don't know whatever it was, sixty odd points, and Jamie gets nothing, even though they did get him back out there. So, in the grand scheme of the how it rolled the next day, didn't change the game, but
1: could have change the game just by being where you were in the pit lane. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I, that that was all unbeknownst to us at the time. I remember we went down to the podium for Webby and I walked past Jamie on the way back and I said something along the lines of like, Well done getting your car out unbeknownst to me that he'd since been, you know, disqualified essentially. Well he's a non finisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, we, we went across that and then mm. yeah. I mean, that was a that was obviously a, a um, <laughs> an extra um, Benefit.
0: <laughs> Handy. Take yeah. him where you get yeah. him. Take him where you get him. So Saturday night, you're nearly there. You're not quite there, but you've only got to finish, what, 14th, 15th, something like that on Sunday. Yeah, if he won. I don't, I don't think he won. And Yeah, yeah no. I got, uh, or he might have. I don't I okay, can't remember who won the race. Yeah. See, okay. all that stuff sort of fades after mm. a bit of time, doesn't it? I think Holdsworth won. I think Lee Holdsworth won, might yeah, have he won did. there. Isn't it funny how those things dwarf, uh, other things get dwarfed by these yeah. um, things that sort of live large in our, in our memory banks but um, tell me the feeling of winning that championship given everything that we've talked yeah. about and everything that's gone on on the track, behind the scenes, with the team, when did you know that you actually had it won or that you actually could relax and enjoy it?
1: Um, oh, no, you, you never know. Like the the... We were in. Uh, we were up late. I think we were there till two the morning before the night before, just because the car was so smashed up from that crash. The fuel tank, everything was compressed, and so you, you're always wondering whether things are going to stop. Um, yeah, so I think um, I think my, my vague recollection of the Sunday was that um, you know Jamie. As, as long as Steve was, Steve helped us that day because I think he kept Jamie in front of, behind him. And as long as that was all right, we were going to be all right, um, no matter if we stopped or not, uh, or whether we DNF'd or not. Um, so yeah, I mean, we 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 that day we just tiptoed around and we ended up crashing into every single thing <laughs> on the on the track, just trying to stay out of everyone's way. Um, so that was it was a pretty painful day in terms of you know going going racing. It wasn't your typical mm. day of going racing. Um, Oh yeah, the feeling was just relief. That's it. It, it. Yeah, I don't have, I don't recall any other feeling other than relief. Mm. You know, the, some of the you know the sponsors, you see the the footage and the photos and the and they're excited. You can tell they're excited. Yeah, I, I wasn't excited. <laughs> I was just relieved. Just relieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah, and I've heard you hear a lot of um, people who've won things, um, big things, talk about relief. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. Is that a little bit too that? I've heard sports people and
0: talk about it that you know there's there's a goal whether it's a winner championship or a playoff or a grand final whatever your sport or whatever your thing is it's the getting to the thing that's the aim that's actually not as good as you thought it would be and upon reflection it's the journey is the reward like that was the the win was the thing you were chasing but it's actually not the thing that gives you the fulfilment. It's all the stuff that gets you there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, for me now, 10, 14, 13 years on, it's those lessons I learned along the way which we've touched on is, like, the thing that I remember mm. about it, um, you know, and the camaraderie, yeah, with the team. Um, yeah, I mean, the... the well, in terms of the celebrations, we obviously went out and, and had a good night. And, um, large. Yeah, yeah. Very large. Lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, the thing I remember, the, the one bit that I remember the most is the next morning we were in the lobby. Everyone was, you know, packed their bags and was very dusty, if not um, still uh, enjoying the um, fruits of the last night's... Um, still pissed, you could say it. I didn't know how I going to get around that. Yeah. Um, and one of the guys picked up the Daily Telegraph and there was an article and it. it was like, the opening line was um, burnt hands, or the scorched hands never felt so good. And it was basically someone, who, the, the journalist had written the, the article around the fact that, you know, the guys had burnt their hands trying to put this car back together and yeah, it never felt mm. so good. Mm. And we just all, we were just laughing, like the guy who was reading it was still well and truly piercing. and We are in this hotel lobby and we are just laughing. At it. Yeah. That was, you know, one of the, one of the highlights. So is that just about the last point? I guess there's the gala dinner and all that where James
0: actually gets the trophy officially again. Where's the last point where that group is together for the last time before basically, you know, some people stayed on for the the next year and the team did continue when there was a time when it looked like it wouldn't. When was the last time that, was there a chance to get together back in Queensland or was there almost a, a
1: last time that that group is together moment? Uh, I, I don't even remember because um, I. Um, there must have been a Christmas party of some description. I don't recall it. Mm. Um, but I left that. Well, after that moment in the reception there, I, I went straight back to Homebush to the Pullman and had a meeting with um, Craig Wilson from HRT. And so I, was, I had a job interview, you know, mm. still half cut the next morning. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, I was straight on to the next thing. Unfortunately, uh, so had that been like,
0: so James, we talked about it earlier that James is sort of intimated to you. You're going to be right, i.e., where I go, you're you've yep. got a, you've got a slot. But was that did that end up being a separate thing that you had to
1: go and do, or was it kind of a fate of complete that that was? Happening? Well, I don't know. I mean, James told me it was a fate of complete, but I think and rightly so that HRT were going through their due diligence, like mm. you know, I would have been. Um, you know, probably a bit disappointed if they didn't. So yeah, I had to go through an interview process. It was it was pretty low key, but mm. um, and <laughs> funnily enough, like after that, James rings me goes how how did it go? And it, and I was probably thinking it was a fair to complete. James rings me rings me goes how how did it go? I go yeah, it's fine, yeah, no dramas. And I don't know if I gave him the impression that I was cool, I was cool on it, like was not thinking about not doing it. Anyway, I, I get on the plane, fly back to Gris- Brisbane, I get it. I get off the plane. I got got a voicemail from um, Craig Wilson at HRT. He goes, mate, uh, thanks for this morning. Um, just there's one thing I forgot. I forgot. I forgot to pass on that um, the pay is that everyone's getting and um, here's another like uh, there's another five grand. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, that's a pretty big pay rise across the business. <laughs> and um, I was sort of like, oh, that's a bit weird but, yeah, cool. And... Um, Anyway, later later that day, James rings me and goes, did Craig ring you? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah, good. So <laughs> I think James had rang him and gone, Scott's not interested. You've got to offer him more. <laughs> he jacked <laughs> he it crazy. up for you. He jacked it up for me. Good man. And then, so obviously I didn't say anything when I, about the, the pay rises when I got to HRT, but it soon became apparent that not everyone had had a pay rise. <laughs> I was like... That's what I mean to hold <laughs> an off-season pay rise. So. Oh, shit. Anyway, yeah, I think James
0: looked after me there. Oh, nicely bold, Nicely bold. <laughs> so you, you basically jump straight to the next thing. There's not really time here to savour and stop and take all this in because you're in the washing machine of going racing and competing and what's next, you can't sit still. So if we just stop here for a moment, you've basically walked in the door at Dick Johnson Racing in 2006 very wet behind the ears, completely inexperienced, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, five years, and you've just engineered the championship winning car. A lot of people don't get to do that at all, or it takes 15 years or 20 years to get to that point.
1: Yeah, I, I extremely lucky. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I was lucky, the team was well managed. Um, so, and there was a lot of luck, right? Like you're saying, Jamie had his own dramas through that year uh, which were out of our control and that is, you know, yeah, like on face value, yeah, you would say they were the, the best car for the year or the fastest car for the year. So, yeah, it's probably, you know, probably deserved it. But, um, you know, we, we chipped away and, you know, and history says that we ended up with it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. And there was a period there where where, where Dutto and I were really the only two um, engineers in the championship competing that had won a championship because um, obviously Jamie had won so many and all the mm. other engineers had sort of come and gone. Mm. It wasn't until Frosty, um, Jason Gray with Frosty, um, you know, won that championship that mm. I think he was, there was only, you know, actually active end race engineers was the only other one. How spicy did the 888-DJR
0: rivalry get in that championship year? You're a customer, they're a supplier... It's a unique scenario to most other sports where your, your rivals are actually your supplier. Did it ever get a bit narky between teams? Did the
1: rivalry between the teams really grow that year? Was there any instances of that? Uh, I'm trying to think of a uh, – not so much instances, but what did happen was when – I used to live up near near Banyo, so I, I lived on the north side of Brisbane. Which is where commu- Triple H yeah, is. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah where Triple H is. I used to commute down to, to um, the DJR um, – workshop um and at the start of 2009 i had I'd full access to that place like they just let me walk in because they were building the cars and we were a customer and, and i was you know i was basically mm. yeah I, and so i would pick the stuff up on the way to work right when rather than have someone come up and go back drop and it to off get it. yeah um yeah by 2010 or by mid 2010, I, I was waiting at the front door, and they were <laughs> they were they were giving me the stuff, you know, through, yeah, yeah. through the through buzz the when you hole. Yeah, 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 yeah. So look, that, uh, but yeah, I, I completely understand that. That's I would have done the same thing. So um, nothing there, but no, I don't remember anything spicy um, specifically, but uh, you know, it was it was fierce. Like I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd have to ask those guys, but I don't think they particularly liked us or wanted us to win, <laughs> rightly so. You know, they were a very proud team, still are. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, look, you know, we were we were in a, we were in a different league. Mm. Um, there was one occasion where we, I think this was 2009 though, um, but we were up there, we had about four or five mechanics up there building, um, the, helping them build the cars that we were buying. Because all
0: those FGs were built at AAA yeah. and the teams that they were for Cruikshank was another one. Yep. Came to Triple Eight and worked on them at Triple Eight. It wasn't like, here's your thing, go and put it together at your place. It was no, they're all here, and you all muck into to make it happen.
1: Yep, yeah. So and yeah, you know, and that, that was they were brilliant about that Triple Eight. So so professional and so helpful in the build of the car. Like just just a great business. Like not only a great race team, just a great business. And and I loved any insight I got to that team. I really loved. I, I just lapped it up. So any time I was able to go there and see how you know just get a snippet of how they operated, I was just like, "This is this is mm. heaven, basically," because mm. mm. they were just so much better than everyone else, really. Through through my whole journey in supercars, so um, great great um organization, um again well led, right? Like that's the common thing. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, we were building these cars, and so our mechanics, we had four or five mechanics up there for you know through. Um, January and February and and we'd um, our commercial guys it's got um, tickets to the cricket the, a day nighter at the Gabba <laughs> anyway we're uh, we're sort of going guys we're going to the cricket are you coming and they're like oh, I don't think we can leave Triple Eight like and just leave them to build the cars for us and we're like well we're going are you coming they're like alright we'll come <laughs> And uh, so anyway, this, it was a Friday afternoon. I think it, uh, all our guys left at lunchtime, left Triple <laughs> Eight. And the Triple Eight guy was like, where are you going? And we go, oh, we're a corporate box of the cricket. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think that helped. That, that didn't help. Probably didn't help. So, Probably
0: didn't help. Yeah. So Holden Racing Team. So we established at the early part of this podcast that as a family, the Sinclair, Sinclair family, were Holdens, drove Holdens. Yep. So here you are now with the factory Holden Racing team with the reigning champion in car number one, Um, this is a big deal. Uh, Did you notice a big shift? And you talked about the pressure coming from your two previous drivers at DJR on you. Did you feel that from now you're in a bigger organisation, history of success, teams had some up and downs in the last couple of years? Did that feel like a higher pressure situation that you walked into
1: there? Yeah, it was high pressure because I I came with the number one or you know we both came with the number one right like and, and rightly so you know you there's an expectation and they had a shocking year I think in 2010. Yeah like, a, a shocking year. Um so it was like you know here comes this guy and little did they know I was not you know a, a super technically engineer uh technical engineer and that was never my strength. Um so I wasn't really able to contribute to the actual engineering side of it. But um yeah, no, lots of pressure, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, was, I was also um, pretty proud, like, to have that opportunity. Like, I, I really looked up to that team when I was a kid. and Robbie Starr ended up finding a letter that I'd sent him. I'd forgotten about it. I'd sent him a letter when I was, like, you know, 13 or 14 going, how, how do I work, work with you guys? And he's pulled it out, like, walked into the engineering office randomly one day and goes, hey, look what I found. And he shoves it on my desk and I'm like, Oh my God, it's a letter from me to you. I'd written it to Robbie. Anyway, now I'm sitting in the building, you know, working with a guy. So that was, that was like, that was wigged out. Um, And, you know, all the posters on the walls and stuff that they had that were the posters I'd had in my bedroom mm. when I was a kid, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, and the other thing was like the red, the red outfit, like the, the red pants, the red, like the full Ferrari spec uniform, I was just like, this is so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, uh, this is this is cool. But then the the thing where I was like, <laughs> um, I, yeah, it, it was a real challenge there. Um, and I should have, you know, there was some things that, in hindsight, when I look back, I was just like, mm. uh, like they they couldn't get a uniform for me. Like I didn't have any uniform for like, you know, obviously the the racetrack stuff was the red stuff. But I was like, they just they just didn't couldn't have any uniform, like so it was like three months I was walking around in just like civvies and stuff at the workshop. Yeah, know. yeah, right. and then just bits and pieces that didn't fit or whatever, like walking short stuff. And I'm like, oh, mate, like, there surely there's other tall is, people is, around yeah, you know, the Joyce. Like, but well, yeah, I mean, I would have fit into yeah, anything. It was just like that was branded. Like I was just like, fuck out, like, you know, this is the mighty Holden Racing Team. You mm. know. And then, and then I, I never came to terms with all the posters on the wall either. Like it was all these posters from the from the old days were on the wall, and I'm like, and th- that wasn't the case at DJR. There was nothing from in, in the workshop historical. It was, it was in all the out museum. the front, in yeah. The which was yeah. obviously the HRC didn't have a museum, but um, well, I kind of did actually. But um, anyway. Um, so in essence, it's kind of like that. This is is it. This team stuck in its own glory. Yeah, I'm like this is and cool. it's being this, reminded to you yeah. every day. Exactly right. I was just like, it's cool that they're proud of their history, but right now it means nothing. It's because, not going to win the next yeah, race for you Exactly, and that's the, and I was like, it always, it always bugged me, and I never could come to terms with it whether it was me that was bugged by it or whether it was like just a, a bigger issue. Um, and you know, some days I just felt like ripping all the posters <laughs> off the walls and just going, guys, like, you know. We're, we're wobbling around at the back here like we've got tanda and courtney we've got you know mobile we got this huge we got the line we got we got you know the line it's the Holden racing team guys this is like you know we got to sort this shit out um so that was it was a tough period good some really good people but it was just it was just difficult mm. like yeah yeah it was tough
0: 2011's championship starts in again in Abu Dhabi because it's the Middle Eastern sort of period of the championship that we were doing. So I think James got he was negative points after the first race because he and Bugs got together or something happened. Mm. But then an epic, the second race is an absolute ripper. And if you haven't seen it or you've forgotten it, go and look it up. Race two of the 2011 championship, um, James versus Jason Bright in mm. the BOC Brad Jones racing car. It's a battle to the flag on fuel. It's in a, it's like the, I've never seen Bryce Seals, who was on the HRT team <laughs> I've known for a long time, so excited. Other than when the Hawks have won a flag, <laughs> um, like that was a big win. But was that a really false read on what was to come? Oh, a-
1: absolutely false read. Uh, that is that's my favorite race of all, of of all the races I've um, competed in. That is that would be head, really? head and above shoulders my favorite race. Why so? Were, were you we knew car, didn't know the car, looking at, you know, the telemetry screens, which I'm not used to. So I'm looking at all this data. I'm like, I don't even know what any of this means, right? It's completely different, different data system than what I'd use. So it wasn't MoTeC, it was, it was PI. Um, everything was different. We're in the Middle East. We're negative points. Um, and then the race, I can't really remember how the race unfolded, but I remember getting to the point where I was like, okay, we're not going to make it on fuel. And I remember Bryce, as you touched on, goes, um, I think we can do this. And I'm like, so it's first round working with the data engineer. It takes a while before you can sort of know what they're they're being conservative. Some guys are like, no, we can't make it, we can't make it. And they're really conservative. And so you end up pitting and you're like, oh, yeah, we could have made it. Anyway, you you just don't know, first race. I don't know what I'm looking at. So I'm just like, I've just got to trust him. He goes, I think we can make it. I'm like, I, I just remember looking at him going, all right. Let's try it. We'll go. Yeah. yeah, if you reckon like you've done this before, if you reckon we can, let's do it. Um, and um, Alistair, uh, Garth was out, so Alistair was was helping as well. And um, yeah, and James just saved so much fuel. Mm-hmm. Like his throttle trace was unbelievable, and we all learnt so much that day when we when we downloaded the data about how he'd save fuel. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, f- favourite race. Bj hadn't won a race, and they got to the front. And, um, you know, part of me feels bad for him because they, you know, Brody at that point when he got in front was like, well, it's his now. Uh, and then for some reason James just lit up and came yeah. back. But, yeah, great YouTube, YouTube, uh, YouTube clip. We're not paid by YouTube, by the way. No, but, no. <laughs> uh, I feel like
0: we've sort of said it a bit today. But the mm-hmm. good thing is that supercars have put – A lot of those old races in the last year or two on their youtube channel so um if you're bored one night Mm. go for a flick you will go down the rabbit hole of some of the old supercar races and no they're not paying me to say that we love the history of the game and we love the the old races as well why didn't it work i mean it's a big question it's a hard question that hrt era 2010 as you touched on was a they had a great year in 09 mm. and then the wheels fell off. Garth still salvaged some results but Will was all at sea and was out the door by the end of the year. It just never really got going again. So you were there for what, the next three years, right, two yeah. with James and one with, with Garth, Garth yeah. in the first year of Car of the Future. Looking back on it now, we're, we're 10 years removed from it. Was it a bit of that what you talked about before, that living in the past and constantly being reminded of it and not, you know, basically 888 had moved to Holden and became literally the Holden Racing team in that yeah. period later on.
1: Yeah, look, it is a combination of things. There's no one thing. Um, in my time there, it was just lack of leadership. Um, or no, it wasn't just. It was, That was one of the things. Lack of engineering leadership. The engineers were off the, off the chain. So we could do whatever we wanted and that was bad. In terms of spending, development, uh, yeah, design—I I, I, I think, oh, I think, yeah, development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you couldn't really. There wasn't, you know, things you could buy off the shelf to make your cars quicker. It was, it was just design and manufacturing. Yeah. And uprights. Like we had thousands of uprights, and yeah. it was just, um, and and we were just just in a hole and trying to get out of it, and just couldn't um, through through overcomplicating it and trying too hard. Really, mm. um, you know, and the pressure of knowing that both drivers are race winners if the car is good, the pressure of the history, um, and a lack of someone just saying, um, "Guys, just keep it simple," mm. you know, um, and we uh, we were trying too hard. Look, uh, at the time, obviously, you you, you don't realize this um, because um, it's just. Just, 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 again, you're sort of on the treadmill. But, yeah, it is um, – yeah, it was a combination of things. Interestingly, then Adrian came who obviously had a huge amount of success at DJR, and, and they really still weren't able to crack it mm. even mm. through his time. So, you know, it would be a fascinating um, conversation with him to understand in more depth. But, um, yeah, there was also the, the transition from Tom Wilkinshaw to Ryan Wilkinshaw. Um, you know, and that sort of you know those that were there that were aligned to Tom because um, I think Tom passed in like the first month I was there, yeah. um, and uh, so there's those that yeah were aligned to him, and then Ryan coming in, and yeah, there was a whole heap of things, but yeah, it was it was just tough, and and I just completely lost the love of engineering basically.
0: Mm. It's funny we did have a chat before we when I called you to see if we could tee up a time to get together. We had stepped through a couple of things that we were going to talk about or little story starters that I'd forgotten or you'd forgotten. But one of the things that I mentioned and I wanted to share with their listeners, I vividly remember it, being in Townsville on a Sunday night, two or three beers in because that's what you do on a night when you can't <laughs> fly home. It must have been – you were at HRT, so it must have been 2012, maybe 13. And I have a very vivid recollection of our discussion where you said that you were keen to not be a race engineer for the rest of your life. You wanted to get into the management side of things and be up the food chain and, and, and have an impact in that, that side of things. So that now correlates with me in what you've just said. That's where your brain was about that time because clearly it, you were unfulfilled in what you were doing. Yeah, look,
1: yeah, absolutely unfulfilled and couldn't see a way out.
0: Yeah, it, it would be changed if you were winning. Or would you have felt a bit the same Uh Well,
1: oh, yeah, I, it's hard. Yeah, hard question yeah. That. true, <laughs> true.
0: But it, would, it would have helped but yeah. it wouldn't have made I don't, Yeah, Who
1: knows? I, I wish I had that problem. Yeah, good problem <laughs> to have. Good problem to have.
0: But basically that's at that same time.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's probably that last year um, they made a few changes. Uh, yeah, look, to be honest, at the end of 12, after those first two years with James, I was already sort of half out the door mentally. Mm. And then they, they – since that I'm sure uh, and we and among other things did, the change wasn't made just for my, my purpose there was a whole range of reasons but then I got moved on to Garth's car which I really enjoyed I uh, really enjoyed working with Garth um, and uh, I worked together there with Jason Bush so he did a lot of the hardcore engineering stuff so I got sort of off the the shackles off there I didn't have to worry about that and I just got to do mm. Um, you know a bit more of the race engineering stuff. So um, yeah, that was a really enjoyable year. But um, yeah, I, I was out. Did you get looking for the Kellys, or did they find you? No, so I actually, um, I actually resigned. I think in September or something. Uh, told um, Tony Dow would have been, or no, I been Steve Hall. It was Steve Hallam. Um and um, no, nah, didn't um, didn't. Uh, yeah, had nothing. Finished the season. Had Just nothing. Matter. I, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think, um, I think, um, in the last couple of weeks after the season had finished, it, it, John Cranon actually reached out, um, and who was, funnily enough, at HRT back mm. in the days, mm. and he was now sort of a consultant with with Todd and Rick at, at Kelly's, and um, he he interestingly he saw the. The pathway for an engineer to be a team manager, and he was the first one to do that, and and Dado followed very soon after, maybe the same year, but um, and then there was a bit of an influx of them, and now you see it across the paddock uh, a lot more. Um, so, and that was sort of you know a, a continuation of what I talked about before, where we sort of the engineers were sort of you know running the the, the um, you know, team a bit more, and then yeah, and ended up in engineering in the race man- in the team manager positions. Anyway, so he saw he saw that, and um, yeah, sounded me out, and then um, yeah, went through a, a, a couple of chats with with Todd and, and Rick and, um, and Nick Ryan, which was which was pretty interesting. And then <laughs> yeah, why interesting? Why are you giggling? Oh no, it's just a, it's a random like so. John goes, all right. You got to meet all the guys, and so he goes. Well, i booked this cafe in Elwood, just down at the beach in Melbourne, and uh, I got I got there early. I'm sitting in the car, and he rings me ten minutes before. He goes, all right. Um, so John, um, Todd's going to be there. Rick's going to be there. Nick Ryan. Who was the and, commercial uh, guy? We should yep, point out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep, Nick Ryan and um, and Craig Spencer, who was the engineering manager at the time. I'm like, yeah, okay, no dramas. He goes, yeah, just like you know, be yourself. So. He was on my. He was batting for me. I could tell John was, and I didn't know what I was walking into. Anyway, it was the guys were fine. Todd was like, was grilling me and just asking me sort of random questions, like strange questions, and, um, and I didn't know how to answer them. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's um, it was just, it was funny, but it was like, and they were kind of laughing, but I was just like, is this a joke? No, I haven't like, the piss taken yeah, out of yeah. here, and I'm not um, aware of it. And I'm like, so I'm just balancing between making jokes and and answering them seriously. And it was quite like, uh, it, uh, yeah, it probably was awkward, but um, it was also sort of funny. And I was just like, wow. When I mean, it left, and I'm like,
0: fuck, wow, that was random. So was this a test or a job yeah, interview? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: know. And I, at one point, I remember Nick like basically goes oh, like he was embarrassed, like it was funny, embarrassed, but like he was just like, oh my god, can you guys shut up? Like. <laughs> anyway so I think in hindsight that's why John was kind of just like giving me a, like a, a you know a little a, a pep up I suppose before I went in because mm. he knew what I was going to be walking it's into. it's gonna be but, weird weird to see yeah <laughs> anyway they're um they they're both quirky in their own right uh, Rick and Todd but uh yeah it was it was a great opportunity I was so I was thrilled to have that opportunity and like learned so much and you know what those guys just threw me the keys and um and I was so Um, fortunate to be given that role and um, at a team that size and I just learnt so much and uh, hopefully I I, I made a difference over the journey but, you know, on track I didn't make a significant difference but, you know, internally uh, we did, you know, I think we, we, um, you know, it was better when I left but better after I left. So there was kind of
0: that was a reinvigoration uh, for you from where you kind of were to the point where you were leaving... Wolkenshares and engineering yep. and what next? To hey, this is kind of where that chat you and I had. Yep. I'm sure you're having chats with other people, it wasn't just mm. me. But that okay, that's this is what I want. This now fills me up. I'm I'm good to go here. Uh, ultimately, I think there's a lot of love for that Nissan program from the fan base and from the industry because it was different, mm. because it was the first of the new cars to come into the V8 supercars at the period. There's obviously history with Nissan with Skylines and GDRs and pack of assholes and (laughs) all that sort of stuff which sort of always got referenced and linked back to. But, I mean, that program ran from 13 to 19 and you were there for pretty much all of it bar Mm. the first year. Were there some elements of that that no matter what happened they weren't going to change? The success that was craved, wanted, needed, wasn't there and it probably wasn't going to be there, or were there some mistakes made over the journey, or what's your your reflections on that that whole Nissan period? Because it always looked like it was pushing the proverbial up a hill.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Look, it's yeah. I mean, the I wasn't involved in the you know in the first year, but it was probably all the 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 part the trajectory of that program was set you know before the cars even hit the track. Mm. Um, now, everyone's got a different view on this. I, I don't know enough about it to have a really strong view. But from what I was seeing, um, yeah, there were, there were some inherent um, um, challenges that, that we really struggled to overcome. Mm. The, the engine was without doubt uh, one of those and, and the arrow. Now, um, other people will point to the arrow as being a, a strength. Because it, it the car was had a lot of rear downforce, it was very stable. It was so quick across the top at Mount Panorama, um, like super quick, but so slow up and down the hill, mm. and, and the sector times um, you know, uh, reflect that. But for every time you sort of made a, uh, you know, put your hand out to try and get an engine, you know, exemption. You know, someone would say, "But you've got this," and look, it was just that—that that was it, ongoing for the whole time. And we were, um, you know, we were trying to rehomologate all the time, and we were—we weren't following the process because the process wouldn't allow. You know, it wasn't gonna help us. And it, yeah. Did it you guys? Just ne- you guys need a politician because
0: I think there's other race yeah. teams, and one or two particularly over the journey that that's their strength. Mm. They they can play the game. They yep. have the playbook on how to play that political game which, like it or loathe it,
1: is part of the game. Yep, yep. And it's a numbers game as well, right? There was only four cars with mm. one team out mm. of, you know, how many, 10 or 11 teams. So, yeah. yeah, like I get it. I get it. If I was on the other, if she was on the other foot, I would have probably been doing the same thing but... Yeah, it was just like you know, and Todd spent, you know, invested so much time and energy, and it eventually I think probably wore Rick out. Um, but Todd put yeah so much into it um, to try and get what what we felt was a level playing field. But yeah, it just it was just um, buried in um, politics, um, you know, and data and. Yeah, and process that probably wasn't set up for you know the the third manufacturer mm. um, and third and fourth and fifth. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, I like the, the you know some of the, the pathway was potentially um, you know at the very start. Um, yeah, I wonder again. You'd have to ask the other people involved, but whether they would have done things differently. Mm. I pro- probably think they would. Let's talk
0: about some of the good stuff because there was good stuff along the journey. I reckon that team in that time always did a great job commercially, sponsors, liveries, yep. Nissan's factory involvement was awesome. Um, there was the Simone Di Silvestro program. There was Norton, Jack Daniels, like great brands who did great things over the time. The only bit that was missing was that regular on-track success. But um, this one sprung into to play the other week uh, here at work was Caruso's win in Darwin. It was, so that was twenty. 16, I think, if I remember off the top of my head. And the other one that really sticks in my mind is Rick's win at Winton, which was 2018. But it was the week that they did, I think that was the week that it had been announced that Nissan were going to be out yep. for the next That's year. Right, yeah. Tell me about those two. I mean, we're, we're talking about, we don't want to make it seem like it was all terrible and horrible and no, whatever. No, but yep. there, there are mitigating circumstances and there's all sorts of elements. But let's look at some sunshine. Yep. Like those two days were were great, days. So, um caruso had won in darwin i think seven years earlier Mm. and i can't even remember the the drought rick had had to to lead up to that win so and given the background of the week those two wins were really special
1: really special um and yeah both surprising Rick had a really good season that year that he won at winton Uh, i think they finished fifth or sixth in the championship um or maybe maybe it wasn't that good um but yeah, um, yeah, Michael. I mean, Michael was uh, was great. Um, he was, he was really, um, he pushed us really hard, um, and yeah, he he was really deserving of that win. Uh, yeah, I would have loved to have you know been with him for some more wins. Um, and he gave his heart and soul to that program, the Nissan program, and it didn't work out as as he'd have hoped. Um, but um, yeah, and, and obviously Rick had you know invested not only time and energy but also money into the program as well. So it was great to to break that drought. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, look, they were they were two highlights. The second at Bathurst as well with Moff was it was mm. awesome. I still um,
0: laugh with him about that. We yeah. laugh about Taz Douglas yeah, taking yeah, yeah. his camera out onto the podium. He got in big trouble. <laughs> that vision is around. We will yeah. get it run somewhere <laughs> sometime. But um,
1: yeah, no, that, that was. Um, they were really, um, you yeah, know, good rewards for all the hard work. Mm. But And you touched on it before. Like off track, um, the team was super. Like um, between led by Todd Ricker and Nick Ryan, like commercially, you know, they brought some big names into the sport. Mm. They punched above their weight um, commercially for the on-track performance over the, the whole journey. So... Mm. That was a real real strength and we we did some awesome activations and had some amazing partners and sponsors over the years and um you know it was really cool to to see that for me because it's not something i've been involved with at all mm. um so to sort of see how hard they worked at that and how successful they were um yeah you know, they'd say that i'm sure they'd say they would rather have been more successful and had more money to to mm. spend but uh, i i personally thought they did a really good job of it do you enjoy that
0: whole Era, the whole team. I get the feeling, yeah, that yeah. although the on-track thing wasn't there, that the the way it was run, the way you were allowed to do what you needed to do, yep. the commercial stuff, you know, like it was it was a good experience on the whole.
1: Yeah, great experience. But you know, on reflection now, I probably went about it the wrong way. I thought initially, you know, if we could get these cars um, working and not um, falling apart, I think I thought the results would come. It, It was actually the opposite we needed the engineering um to be to be sorted so that we could win races with cars falling apart so Mm. i focused probably on the easier task of trying to get um you know the team and you know the mechanics and and everyone working well together uh and neglected the engineering partly because i wasn't passionate about it i didn't want to get involved and the other thing was that we had four or five or six engineers who were living and breathing it every day I just couldn't keep up with them mm. like but in retrospect I should have because um, again we, we sort of lacked engineering sort of leadership or or harmony um, there so um, you know and that just added to the frustration for the drivers for the, for the team and then also sort of you know from the outside I suppose it probably looked like it was a bit mixed messaging about what we want what we're missing what you know yeah so uh, amazing. So, so grateful to Rick and Todd um, for giving me the opportunity um, and, and learned so much. But yeah, would, would I approach it differently if I had my time again? Yeah, yeah, I would mm. based on what I've learned.
0: Mm. Yeah. They end an era with Nissans and they've got to go to Mustangs, but you're tapped out by that stage. Yeah, yeah, when when did you make the decision
1: that I'm done? This is it. Yeah, well, again, it was probably one year where, um, you know, well, I'd, I'd signed another three-year contract, so I was going to see that out. So I did three-year contract, and then I did another three years. So I was going to see that out, and then, uh, but that, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't go again. So, mm. yeah, midway through that year, about uh, August, I think I, I sat down with Todd and said, "Yeah, I, I can't go on." He was, you know, understanding. Again, I think you could see the writing on the wall. Mm. Uh, he could see, and and health-wise, I wasn't in a great space. I was just like. Yeah, I was just like didn't really enjoy driving into the car park each yeah, day yeah. with the pressure of being the manager but with knowing that I was just like I'd run out of ideas basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, the, the, the team were great but yeah, yeah I, was, I was done. Yeah, it's
0: time, it's time. So as we touched on the very start, bit of a pause. Did anyone try to woo you? Was there, were there yeah, suitors for Scotty to bring you on back to come on yeah, back? I,
1: I, not hugely. I, I, I've always um, kept an open contact with Charlie and, um, you know, I would have loved to have done something with him again. Um, it didn't work out but maybe, no, no, it wasn't like, no. I, I think um, <laughs> someone actually said to me, I think it was one of the supercar officials actually said to me in that last year, like, you look like you, you're cooked, like, just so at that the, they, could, at the see they yeah. could see it. They could see it. Yeah. So it's not surprising no one's ringing me up yeah. for it to come work for them <laughs> yeah. when I'm when I'm just walking around like you know look, looking like I'm death warmed up. Mm. So no, it wasn't. Uh, mm. Yeah, it wasn't anything serious. Supercars
0: Commission, the independent commissioner role that Chris Landon had held, that Crompo had held. How did that
1: all come to be? And what what, what was the the, the lure there, what, yeah. So Todd, Todd was obviously on the commission for the majority of the time I was there. I was really interested in the in the goings on there, um, and then yeah, it's, um, uh, it came about that Neil was um, Crompton was stepping down off that position, and um, so I um, asked Todd about it, and he went got to work for me, campaigning for me, um, which I really appreciated, and. Um, yeah, I, I did a, a little bit of campaigning myself, which is not my natural um, habitat. But, um, yeah, got elected um, and literally the day I finished at Kelly Racing was the day that they um, they rang me. I think actually Neil – oh, no, it was um, um, Steve. Um, Steve Horn. Steve Horn yeah. rang me and um, and said, yeah, you're, you're, you're up. I, I, was, I was so pumped. Mm. I was so pumped. We rocked up to the first meeting. I'm like, again, I'm like, God, I'm out of my depth here like. <laughs> uh, but the, the the group on the commission were fantastic uh, I learnt heaps um, you know um, Brad Jones Tim Edwards I, I actually enjoyed working with Jamie Winkup uh, we hadn't crossed paths at all um, you know Adrian was in there um, you know Shane Howard Sean Seymour all, all the commission members um, were really good to me and um, and, uh, yeah, it was a couple of years that I,
0: I really valued. And I think a lot of our fans probably don't quite understand how it all works or what it does or when you're the independent, what you're doing or what you're not doing. But did you have a couple of things that you wanted to try to make happen, bring to the table, issues that you felt were not addressed previously in in the sport that you could now have a bit more of an impact being in that role in?
1: Yeah, look, I, I mean, I didn't walk in the door with a, with a checklist of things. I was obviously trying to find my feet and get the lay of the land first. But... Yeah, look. One of the things um, that you know, I at once I was out of the the team land, uh, you know, and sort of understood a bit more was around the mental health side. So we had some um, guys at at uh, at Kelly Racing who were uh, affected quite significantly by it, um, and it was apparent or became apparent that I was completely not educated to assist them properly um, and I'm not talking I'm not that I wasn't a doctor it was like mm, what mm. you know seeing the signs for one mm. um, and then you know reaching out and helping so that was sort of you know in my last year and then sort of I was like well actually I'm in a bit of trouble here as well mm. um, so sort of once I'd stepped out I sort of resolved to um, you know educate myself a bit better and then I was like well You know, if this is going to be happening in all the teams, there's going to be people in all the teams that are suffering, Mm. you know, varying degrees of of mental health issues. And um, so I sort of put put it to the commission that I I would like to go to all the teams and talk about my experience, but also just provide a really basics, you know, 101 um, mental health Mm. education piece. You know, certainly not proclaiming to be a professional in any sense, um, but... Talk about my journey. Um, uh, the commission uh, approved that um, you know, without any any concern. Uh, put the presentation together and then got on on the road trip. Uh, went around to all the teams. Oh, you sat down with the whole crews. Yeah, the, so the got, whole, whole race teams. not yeah, just got, management. Got the or, whole, whole yeah team, Yeah, uh, for each of the teams and um, you know in in um, yeah everyone drivers for most of the teams the drivers were there uh, as well. Um, and um, yeah, put, did this presentation, talked about my journey, the, the um, you know, the symptoms and the, the, what I found, and then, you know, some really basic, um, you know, tools to, to, you know, look at yourself and see how you're tracking and then, you know, obviously um, where to go if you, mm. if beyond that. And also just about having conversations in within the team with each other to see how everyone else is going. It's, you know, it's along the lines of the, the Are You Okay? Mm. You know, day and, mm. and slogan. Um, yeah, along, along those lines. It, yeah, it, it was amazing the feedback I got from that. Were you surprised? Uh, yes, I was surprised but then, you know, yeah, I, yes, I mm. was surprised. Mm. A lot of people um, ring me, email me, grab me on the way out saying, thanks so much mm. um you know that that's me standing up there um some very uh influential and and you know uh big names mm. were were doing that in the sport mm. were were pulling me aside uh and I was yeah so I was like a bit blown away but I was also pretty um you know I was yeah I was I was like I actually really enjoyed it like yeah. I was like this is I'm really glad I can give back to the sport mm. that's given me so much. So, uh, yeah, it was really fulfilling process, but it was the tip of the iceberg, right? Like, mm. Mm. and we know, like this was this was three or so years ago. So, um, you know, lots lots a lot of awareness has come since then, mm. um, and will continue to come. And you know, uh, you got these teams, there's you know thirty forty people involved, and they're you know, dividing a huge part of their life to this. When you're not winning, when things aren't going well, even when things are going well, like it's not surprising that this is an issue within this industry. Mm-hmm. And when you look back over
0: your time at DJ's, Well control HRT, Kelly's, Nissan, now that you've delved a bit deeper, that you've done some more homework, taken a lot of learnings, do you now look back at things and you go, that was – I didn't see that then, but I do now. With that bloke or that thing, or that situation, or and as you think about it, well, actually, it was just there. Yep. I just didn't see it, and because that's a lot of the
1: time that these things yep. happen, that we all look at one another and go, "What happened there?" Yep, Oof, don't know. Yep, absolutely, and that's the awareness piece we talk about. There, there are so many occasions now where so the the race team mentality typically is, or the high performance environment mentality is. You got to get to work. You got to, you know, everyone's got to go full pelt here to, Mm. if we're any chance of winning. When someone doesn't do that or is unable to do that, one of the, uh, in the past, typically what would happen is they would get spat out. Basically, they would be like, you're not contributing. You're not performing at a high level. We can't carry you anymore. Um, And as a team manager, that was my mentality. But, to answer your question, in hindsight, there was a lot of cases where people needed help and all we saw was a lack of effort or a lack of mm. – um, or, or the, the glasses we were looking at them through mm. were uh, from a high-performance point of view. You're so, identifying problem, yeah. not, yeah, not problem a problem for us,
0: yeah. not someone's got a problem we yeah. should help. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's, it's an interesting yeah. – look at
1: it. Yeah. Through that lens. Yeah, and there was a guy I touched on, on Kelly's before. There was a guy at Kelly's who, um, yeah, over a period of six months just just went from, you know, someone in the team who was, uh, you know, a high performer and a um, big part of the team to someone who was, you know, always sick or, you know, and just withdrawn and mm. and no one – put the pieces of the puzzle together mm. and until it was you know until he had the courage to come and say I've got I'm struggling and I, I was just like oh my god like of course like mm. Mm. but I was like how do we let it get to this so yeah that that sort of was driven the the that stuff so yeah that that's really interesting
0: do you think that it's improved i mean obviously it's hard to say that you're not you're not in race team land and in the sport now it's been a couple of years but i'm sure you keep in touch with some of the guys you used to work with and stuff like that you feel like there's an improvement in that area
1: well i mean i think generally in the in the society there is um how that's permeated through the race team i i don't know but i think i mean the younger generation seem to um you know be more aware of this and you know a lot of the teams are made up of young mm. um you know guys and girls so hopefully it's 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 infiltrating, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, mm.
0: it's a huge piece. It's a huge piece mm. around. Not just, I mean, we're in the niche of the niche of the niche of motor racing, but sport, society, life, the world. It's yep. it's a, it's a huge part of it, and it needs a bit more time, a lot more time, um, devoted to it. We covered off very early. We're just about there. It's been a great chat, mate. Really enjoyed going down memory lane <laughs> here. You mentioned about the piece of memorabilia of that first turn, two thousand eight, Eastern Creek photo that you got blown up. You've had a wander around our office. You've, you know that I love a bit of history, and there's a fair bit of it in this joint. What else have you kept? What, what else are you? What's your your cherished motorsport things from over the journey? Have you sampled a few things, souvenired a few things along the way? What's uh, what's what's in the Scotty Sinclair collection? Well, I've still got the red pants. I've still You've got, still the, got yeah, a yeah, pair. Still got red pants. They no uh-huh. come out
1: for a fancy dress every day. <laughs> Any I can get them out, I'll get, I'll get them out. Um, no, look, I never. I was never one to bring the bonnets and doors and <laughs> wheel rooms home. I was like, no way. That's um, not going to get
0: through the front door for I've got,
1: sure. I've got every car, a model car every year I engineered, which is really cool, and then one of the Nissans from each of the years. Yep. That's cool. Um, and when I left um, Kelly's, Rick and Todd got a, um, Rick's um, Bathurst steering wheel mounted for me. Cool. And a photo of the team and a thank you message, so I've got that up. Yep. And then within the last six months, I put up a photo of uh, when we won the championship. So I'm working. I'm based at home now, so I've got a bit more time to mm. um, stare at the walls. <laughs> so um, yeah, but um, as time's gone on, of and and um, you know, just reflecting in the lead up to this has been yeah, it's some really fond memories. I mm. think. I think we'll see over the f- next few years the walls will fill up a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> it's a warning to the family. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: what sort of a couch viewer are you? You clearly still follow it. You keep an eye. There's guys you worked with over the journey who are still in the paddock engineering and running teams and, and doing stuff. Are you a good couch viewer or are you painful to watch racing
1: with? Um, well, I'm a, I'm a commentator. So, oh, really? But I, um an in, but, a commentator of the strategy and engineering or yeah, of yeah. what, what's going to happen next. Yeah, that's okay. my, like, I enjoy. A bit of analyst, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually tried to get that job um, at a couple of times through um, Supercars TV. So um, for, for people who don't know, there's a, in the commentary box, there's a, someone who helps uh, feed information to the commentators. Mm. And I was like, that's my job. I'm going to, I'm going to get that. And, um, Nathan Prendergast, who was the head of Supercars TV for most of the time I was in uh, in the sport, I I, off, I hit him up a few times about that job. He would never give it to me though. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I um, yeah. yeah that's, it would be up your alleyway. It'd be up your that's, alleyway. Uh, yeah, that's, so. I, if Lucy's watching uh, my wife, when I am watching the Supercars, yeah, I'm so my um, competitive. Uh, um, Challenge in that is to say what the commentators say before they say it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What's not what's happening, it's what's going to happen next and
1: why it's going to happen next. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Might see if we could take you up on that somewhere along the line. (laughs) of The brain cogs are ticking on what could be done with that sort of thing. Scotty, we've had a big chat. We've covered a lot of ground, so much so that we've chopped it into a couple of pieces here um, for our listeners. Your story is a cool one. I hope you've enjoyed going back through it here, the highs and the lows and all the bits that happen along the way. um, It's the best part of, what, nearly 15 years of of your world. You're into another world now, but I love that you still like the sport, love the sport, and it hasn't ended up being something that you've drifted away from or don't want to know about. So, mate, appreciate the time. Great to sit down. Love the DJR insights and all Mm -hmm. the stuff along the way. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have.
1: Good to see you. Yeah, thanks so much. I mean, even if uh, if this never makes, if, even if you didn't press record or it never makes the air, I've really enjoyed the actual reflection. I, piece, I can so. confirm, I have
0: pressed record. Right. It's okay. <laughs> we didn't just mow yep. down all those hours for nothing. We did get it on recorder. It's okay. It's all yep. clear.
1: No, I appreciate the uh, insight. And yeah, it's great. It's it's really nice to to reflect on what a great journey it is. And for you guys as well, keep up the great work. You know, I love uh, I love. The things that you guys do with the website and the sleuthing stuff and in the, um, the podcast as well so uh, appreciate the opportunity and uh, yeah thanks so much
0: and there you go that is scott sinclair on the v8 sleuth podcast polished by bowden's own premium car care now scotty's episodes are proof that it's not always the big name drivers with the great stories to tell there's so many great stories among engineers mechanics management in race teams and it's more of those that I'm pretty keen on delving into in upcoming months on the pod. I really enjoyed this chat and I reckon you could pick up that I did and I hope you did as well. Look, that's us done this time on the V8 Sleuth podcast. I'm Aaron Erd, and Thanks for tuning in. Send us your feedback via the form on our v8sleuth.com.au website and I'll chat with you again soon with another episode next week.